0: Live from Las Vegas, the Snake Sports Talk Show with Jake Silva starts right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we are officially live here in the 702. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show wherever and however you may be watching and listening. We're all over the place. iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. And now on the Fox D Network. That's right. The Snake Sports Talk Show is officially on live TV. So you can pull it up on Roku or Apple TV, whatever platform that you have. We are officially up on television now. I'm super excited. And this is the first time that the Snake Sports Talk Show would ever be on television. And so I can't wait for it. It's a brand spanking new look for the show itself. So I'm excited. All of you guys could pull up a chair, join me and hang out with me here on our streaming platforms. So I appreciate every one of you guys. So, well, we got a lot of changes, um, you know, living here in Las Vegas for my entirety of, of my life. Um, We now have a new governor in office, so I'm kind of interested to see how Nevada is really going to pull themselves out of whatever this kind of cycle that they've been in for quite some time. And it's a lot of changes. I'm not big on politics, but, you know, when you have new changes in your home state, you know, I was I was looking all through it. I wasn't sure how we were going to end up, you know. On different sides, I wasn't sure if we were changing or if we were still sticking to the same old, you know, Democratic stuff. So uh, it's different. So it's new changes. And, of course, you know, with us, we've got new changes and new stuff up along the way. All right. So, uh, first of all, I want to talk about, you know, there's this whole entire circus show that's been happening in Indianapolis. And for anybody that are Colts or Pacers fans, you guys understand this in, Indi- in Indiana. You understand kind of just how the vibe itself is around these fan bases and around these ownerships. Right now, the Colts look like an absolute disaster. And this is just getting worse and worse. So the Colts, this week, they ended up firing head coach Frank Reich, who honestly, in my opinion, he's going to get another coaching gig. He's not going to go anywhere. I mean, Frank Reich, he's going to be in a position where he'll grow and thrive as a former quarterback and an offensive-minded head coach, especially in a league that has been pushing for offense. Frank Reich and the way that this whole thing was built to be with the Indianapolis Colts, and now it just kind of took a turn for the worst. So Frank Reich is gone. My guess is probably by the end of the year, and I have a feeling Chris Ballard's going to be out the door as well. And I love Chris Ballard, and I do like Frank Reich. I do like both those um, personnels. But to me, this ownership under Jim Irsay, and I've been saying this now for several weeks, whenever Jim Irsay gets into one of his quote-unquote moods, his whole mood swings, he's a completely different person. And we know his billion-dollar owners when it comes to owning a franchise like the Colts or any other NFL team. Lots of times you get owners who really do respect the team. Like, honestly, I I watched the Thursday night game for as horrific as it was between Atlanta and Carolina, you still saw snapshots of Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, who still loves his team, is very passionate of his team, uh, supports his team, and of course everyone on the staffs, and supports Arthur Smith. Like, th- that's where you have respective ownership. You even got Stan Kroenke, who's... A billion-dollar owner in Los Angeles who pays a lot for SoFi Stadium with the Rams and then, of course, works out the deal with Dean Spanos and the Chargers. So you have respected billion-dollar owners, but then there are some that everybody kind of has a concern about. I mean, we're seeing this currently with the Dan Snyder situation with the investigations, which honestly, everybody in the league (laughs) like... Everybody in the league wants Dan Snyder out, and I don't blame him. I'm in the same boat. Nobody can really <clears throat> can really respect somebody like Dan Snyder as the owner of the Commanders. So, and now they're on the market, and from what I'm told, Jeff Bezos has been talking with Jay Z, one of the um, most iconic, <clears throat> the most iconic um, rappers in the game, and talking about buying the Commanders which is kind of crazy because here's the other thing. You talk about a billion dollar um you know you know a billionaire like Jeff Bezos who's big on Amazon closest to Washington DC, closest to politics, I kind of see that working out. I kind of do. I mean that's kind of the agenda, right? And then you have a bunch of other owners. I mean yeah, we criticize about Jerry Jones, but here's the thing. Jerry Jones is the well-respected owner in the league. That's why nobody wants to test him. I mean, the Cowboys are such a big brand. They've won five Super Bowls. And, you know, again, you see their brands everywhere in your own supermarkets and everywhere that you go to. I mean, they're big time brands, much like the Dodgers, much like the Lakers, much like the Yankees. I mean, you kind of respect that. But then the other ones like Dan Snyder and then, of course, the Haslam's in, in Cleveland, nobody can even stand them at all. And then you also have um, the ownership in Houston after everything went down with Deshaun Watson. And then now they're just kind of taking its courses and they're clearly in full rebuild mode. But when I look at Jim Ursay, and I have to say one big thing, is when you're literally looking into the vision of what you're trying to do, this is not exactly how you would own a franchise. You have a trustworthy general manager in Chris Ballard You have a smart head coach in Frank Reich. And my gut feeling is Frank Reich's already gone. Chris Ballard's going to be next out the door. And then what does Jim Ursay have? And what was his solution? Oh, let's go ahead and make a phone call to Jeff Saturday, a well-respected former offensive lineman who has no idea as far as coaching background. And he comes in as as an interim head coach. And they're playing the Raiders in Las Vegas. I mean, how big could the circus show possibly get in Indianapolis? I don't understand this. To me, this is the problem that the Colts have been having for years. And I honestly do believe Jim say, I think it would be best if he just sold the team. I don't see this really working out for the Colts in a lopsided division like the AFC South, where you've got the Jags, you've got the Texans, you've got the Titans. and the, And by the way, the Titans have a winning record. Even if they have a defensive coach like Mike Vrabel, but he's strong, he's tough, he's you know he he trusts a lot of pieces. He trusts Derrick Henry running the football, but at least the Titans are doing something about it. Even if they lost, you know, a guy like AJ Brown, they're working themselves out. And then you've got the Jaguars, who I think they'll clean their their act, especially when you have Doug Peterson as your head coach and hoping to reshaping Trevor Lawrence as a generational talent when he first came in the league. So the Colts are in massive trouble. And then to hire an interim head coach, who I don't even have any background of head coaching at all, and then on top of all this, here's what's worse. You've got cap hits coming up next year. And you know who the big cap hits are? The quarterback you traded for, Matt Ryan, his cap hit is going to be massive. And then injury-prone Shaq Leonard, his cap hit's going to be coming up. And you've got no wiggle room. You've got nothing really to look forward to. This is what hurts about the Colts. But this is also, too, a reminder for a lot of teams in the NFL. When you look at smart ownerships, you think of the Stan Gronkies. You think of the... um. You know, you think of the Hunt family in Kansas City, even with Brett Veach. You even look at the Cowboys at times. Yes, I know it drives them nuts, but at least they have some type of formula where they lean into their defense. And then the offense, all it is, is it's just executing plays and throwing them all to your respective components. That's really all that it comes down to. I mean, good Lord, the Giants came out in public. And they apologized to everybody in the fan bases. And what did they do? They got Brian Dable and now they have a winning record. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody did. And Daniel Jones is a completely different quarterback. So it's massive with all of this stuff. And the Kraft family in Foxborough. Yeah. 20 years of the dynasty with Tom Brady and with Bill Belichick. And they've been so successful. So. Honestly, it's like you kind of have to count your blessings if you're an owner of the, you know, of a franchise. Because to me, you're not going to get a smart uh, general manager like Chris Ballard ever again. You're probably not going to get a smart-minded coach. And to, regardless of how the season started, I mean, you're not going to get a coach like that in Frank Reich. And on top of all that, you still have not found your right quarterback since Andrew Luck retired. And that's become a rippling effect. And I think that's also part of the reason, maybe that Andrew Luck retired. I don't know. But if I'm looking at Jim Mersey this morning, I, I, I can't take him seriously. And worst of all, now you're playing in high expectations because now you're playing against a team who they're criticizing of their head coach and Josh McDaniels and how things are going with the Raiders. It's crazy. but um, But again... If you have a if you have a trustworthy ownership and you have smart people who are innovating who want to win, you know, not just regular season play, but win playoff games, potentially win championships. This is what you gotta do. You gotta build your trust and you gotta be able to be okay with certain outcomes. I get it. He gets into some of his moods. And a lot of people have even said if you get on his good side, he's a nice guy. But when he, when, when all things kind of look bad, he's a completely different person, and I think this is exactly the rippling effect that's going to happen with the Colts. And again, I used to like him. I used to like with what the Colts had done when they had Peyton Man- when they had Peyton Manning, and at one point, I loved Andrew Luck, and I loved exactly how his play style was was at, and I thought this was building for something great, but now it's kind of falling apart. All right. Um. <sighs> this NFL season's really kind of taken a different toll. So, and the reason I say that, because at the bottom half of the hour, mind you, I have my NFL prime predictions week 10. We dodged a bullet last week with six and five. And I am lucky enough that we, at the very least, still kept ourselves to a winning record. So I'm excited for these picks coming up too. But every single one of these games that we have been seeing, They have resulted in either a score or less, which means the underdogs are playing great. The other part of it is too, offenses have been kind of trickling here and there. I've started to notice that, especially with big teams like Buffalo started to trickle, like Kansas City started to trickle. Lots and lots of games in a lot of different teams, they've been trickling on their offense, and they've been held to at least a score or less which is allowing a lot of underdog covers. So now it's like as a betting person and somebody who watches numbers every day, you're constantly now having to readjust your strategy and you're having to readjust a lot of these different numbers. It's crazy. I had never seen it like this. But um, but the current scenario that we have going on, so (laughs) Mike McCarthy... He'll be returning back to Lambeau with the Cowboys to facing his former quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who we all have been talking about for the last few years. Since the divorce had happened, people have been bashing on Mike McCarthy for the last few years and thought, oh, McCarthy's not smart, all the rest of this stuff. And then look at the turmoil in Green Bay. The three and six. And they've got rookie wide receivers. They have not invested in a veteran wide receiver at all for Aaron Rodgers. But, of course, too, you look at Aaron, and he took the money. Devontae Adams left. Randall Cobb not healthy. Romeo Dobbs now is hurt. And what else do you got really to look forward to? And now Aaron Jones is hurt. So now you have to trust a lot of different pieces. But the problem is is I don't think Aaron Rodgers is truthfully that type of leader. I think he's a little bougie. I think he's finesse. I think he's somebody that, like, you know, perfect example. If you're riding around on an old um, 64 Chevy Impala with a top-down on a Sunday, like, close to, like, mid-morning, probably, like, right at the start of the early afternoon, and the sun's bright and it's nice, you know, you're going to be cruise-riding all the way through. That's what Aaron Rodgers is all about. If the sun is shining... But right now, they ain't even they have not seen the sun. Been too cloudy. Been too cloudy in Green Bay. And it's been looking a lot worse. And my point is with this, is um, I mean, I look at two of the quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I mean, Tom, Tom's getting old, but he's well respected in this league because he's the GOAT. He's won multiple Super Bowls, and he's also gonna be somebody passing. The all time passing yards. Plus two, he's also going to pass the record that Aaron Rodgers had, which was um the best touchdown to interception ratio all time. He's gonna pass that. Aaron Rodgers doesn't like to take risks. But here's what's funny about this is that the tenure between him and Brett Favre, I mean, Brett Favre, we love the gunslinger mentality. I mean, he was taking risks. He didn't care. He just threw the ball out there, hoping that the wide receivers would end up catching it. And you have to think, he had tandems of wide receivers left and right. But at the same time, it drove a lot of Green Bay fans nuts. Because sometimes you throw a pick, or at times you're going to throw a touchdown, whatever the case may be, you were going to end up taking those riskful throws. I mean, you watch it all the time. You're watching in basketball, you take riskful shots. But here's the thing. And the mentality, as the great, the late great black mumba Kobe Bryant had said, if you don't take riskful shots, you're never going to make it in this league. Because he'll ask players, how many shots did you take all throughout the game? And he said, I took more than that. He would shoot 80% of the time in his career. But that's because Kobe was beautiful at a lot of his shots. He was also somebody that would come in in clutch times, and that's what won championships. If you don't take risks, there's no rewards. I'm not saying be very riskful, but what I'm saying is is that when you have an opportunity, and we're seeing this in the league, I mean, do do you really think that Andy Reid wouldn't take risks with Patrick Mahomes, especially with the offense that he has and the mentality of driving downfield Of course not. He wouldn't hold the reins back. What about, um, what say for Josh Allen with Sean McDermott? I mean, Josh is like a heavyweight fighter. He's going to give you big swings and big hooks to knock you out. And he's got the receivers to do it. Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. I mean, that's what you would kind of do in this league. If you don't do it and you'd rather be, you'd rather play it safe, you're never going to make it in this league. And you're never going to be able to transform those safe plays into Ws. I mean, I know it's a strategic game. I'm not knocking on that. But sometimes you got to be willing to take those risks. Aaron Rodgers is not that kind of guy. He likes to play it safe because it's his completion percentage. It's his, you know, pass attempts and then quarterback ratings. He just cares about the numbers. But when I look at the, at the two of them, I mean, Tom's getting old, but he's still great at what he does. I mean, we watched it last week against the Rams, and the Rams kind of shot themselves in the foot. And they are missing offensive line so desperately, like it's not even funny. And I thought this team would have been a lot better, but it turns out they're nowhere even close. And I think at some point, too, I mean, Tom's not happy in, t- in Tampa, but Tampa's loose. Everybody all in the Tampa Bay in South Florida, this is what they do. They go and get cocktails early in the morning just to start their day. They're loose, they're laxed, you know, they're they're right there on the beach side. They're not really buttoned up. That's not what, you know, it's not Tom's it's not Tom's flavor. That's not what it is. Tom's more strict, he's more structured and he doesn't have that in Tampa. Which is why there's a lot of those frustrations. So what do you do? Do you kind of lump up with what you got? Or are you just going to basically bail out? But that's exactly what New England was trying to say. Is that you want to be a little bit loose, but at the same time, you have a structure. But that's because of the years you have came from in New England. I mean, that's the truth with Tom Brady. But with Aaron Rodgers, it's like you take the money and then all of a sudden you're discovering your aura. You're discovering, you know, your your um, <clears throat> your your realm and all the rest of it, you know, and you've got a lovely, beautiful girlfriend named Blue of Earth. You're drinking ayahuasca, a, a psychedelic. Are you really helping like Green Bay be the better team that they should be? I don't think Aaron is. I don't think Aaron's capable of being that tough and top, you know, like headstrong leader. I don't think he is. <clears throat> and that's okay. But I do see something kind of moving forward with Green Bay because they're not going to stand for this. <laughs> they're not going to stand for this for very, very long. But I think, I, I think Green Bay is going to be embarrassed in Lambeau. I think people are going to be so apologetic to uh, Mike McCarthy at the end of it because a lot of people think he's not that innovative of a coach. He doesn't really work a lot well with his players. And now look what's happening in, da- in Dallas. <clears throat> I mean, the Cowboys... I just see Micah Parsons just feasting all over this Green Bay, you know, opposing offense, and the, and whatever happened to the tough defense? So I'm not seeing it. I, I like I said, I'm excited for these prime predictions, but I just see a lot of games that are going to go completely lopsided, or they're just going to change up super quickly. So, but I've adjusted, I've adjusted a lot of those picks, <laughs> but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is really going to perform well at home. Good stuff this morning. Uh, coming up next, so the Golden Knights have been on a complete tear. There's a lot of things, and I, and I listened to it yesterday. I listened to a lot of great guys within you know the Golden Knights organization, like Gary Lawless and Darren Millard, lots of really good people. And this now is shaping their identity. Finally, this is the sixth year that they're playing now. And they finally figured out their types of identities. And I'll be explaining that here coming up next. And plus two at the bottom half of the hour, Prime Predictions. You guys do not want to end up missing that. So stay tuned for that. All right, folks. Well, the cold season has finally arrived. And we love to have you guys gear yourselves up. It's getting cold up out there, but fear nuts. you have got hoodies you have got beanies you have got several other things. you guys nice and warm during this fall winter cold season so get yourselves geared up with snake sports talk show merchandises all around website will be coming up soon so don't delay there you go it's cold up in dallas well get yourself geared up with some hoodies man we got some fresh on fire hoodies like straight out the oven snake sports talk show uh, gear and apparel you guys do not want to end up missing that so definitely check it out website will definitely be coming up here soon that's snake sports talk show merchandise Well, if you guys are looking for the best drafting sports app, especially when it comes to sports betting and a lot more, you guys do not want to end up missing out on it. Super Draft Pro is exactly the place to go for sports betting and, of course, also for your daily fantasy uh, lineups. And so much more. They've got a, lot of great, um, they got a lot of great activities for you guys week in and week out. You guys do not want to end up missing it. Different grand prizes as well. SuperDraftPro.com. All right. Well, like I said before, when we ended up, ended up going on break, um, so the Vegas Golden Knights have been playing great hockey so far to start the season. And I've been excited for hockey season. So 15 games in, they're playing tonight against the St. Louis Blues at home on a three-game stretch. And here's what's crazy about all of this. And as pulling up stats as well for the Vegas Golden Knights, and um, you know, I I've been very impressed with how the start to the season has really been for uh the team. Because looking at it last year, I mean the numbers were just were just absolutely atrocious. Now, granted they had injuries they had so much other things that have been happening to them all left and right during last season's run but this year they're 12th in the power play percentage which is not too bad pretty pretty good the only thing that i think really concerns me is the penalty kills they're 26th with 74% of their penalty kills which they need to up they they really need to up it Right now the best teams you've got the Bruins, the Sharks and the Islanders who have had only the better penalty kills. So they're tough, especially when they're down when they're down one man out. And shots against per game they've been really good. They've been 8th, which tells me that they've really been aggressive when it comes to offense. And so to me and they're and they're the best right now with 26 points. They're leading everybody in the NHL. And all of this was upgrading a lot of different pieces. And right now, we're starting to see Jack Eichel be at his absolute best. I mean, a lot of people were skeptical about the trade because they gave up a lot. They gave up draft picks. They gave up Alex Tuck. They gave up one of their uh, promising futures, Peyton Krebs. And they weren't sure if, in fact, Jack Eichel was going to really recover from the injury type that he had because it was the neck surgery. They weren't sure if that was going to be something he could return onto the ice or that was going to be career-threatening. Right now, he's looking his exact best. I can honestly tell you. I mean, people thought about this with Peyton Manning. He had a horrible neck surgery and a, a, a horrible neck injury, and then by the end, when he goes to Denver, people thought he was washed. He goes and he has three great years and then all of a sudden goes and wins a Super Bowl with the Broncos. I look at this with Jack Eichel, and I think he's the best thing that the Golden Knights have been able to get. And they took big swings. They took big risks. A lot of people were very skeptical because of the way that the front office was running with Kelly McCrimmon and what George McPhee's direction and his plan was. And now it's starting to unfold where it's just it's really good. And mind you, they're doing this without Robin Leonard for the year. He's having season-ending surgery to his hip. So it's completely different. And so they're trusting their young prospect in Logan Thompson, who's just playing out of his mind this year, and then also trusting Aiden Hill, his backup. The goaltenders have been really good. And I think this is part of, in the NHL, what you got to have. you got to have a great mixture of veterans. But you also got to have a great mixture of your youth movement. We've been I've been saying this for the last few years. By the time that the Golden Knights were in year three. They were going to push out some of those veterans and they were going to end up bringing in new, fresh, young faces. And especially young prospects. But this is exactly what you got to do in the NHL. There's a lot of these players now. Prospects and it does take them time to finally gel in. I mean, good lord, did we ever think that Trevor Zegras would be this good in Anaheim? I mean, the kid's great, and he's pulling off all these tricky moves closest to the net, and we're watching how Anaheim plays, and especially this year in a really tough Pacific Division, where Edmonton they got better, Calgary they got better, Seattle as a new franchise. They're kind of fixing up some of the stuff from their inaugural season, but they're getting better. And then, of course, the LA Kings. They ended up getting Kevin Fiala, a perfect fit for the Kings for them to get back into the runs to getting back into the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, Pacific's getting tough. And the Golden Knights missed their opportunity of the playoffs last year. But this, I think, was exactly what they needed. They needed a good kick in the you-know-what, but they also needed to fix up a lot of their problems. And we know that they've been injury-prone last year, but this is the perfect way of really doing it. And right now with them leading the t- leading the league in points, and the team the team looks aggressive. I mean, my fiancé and I and a couple of our good friends, we went and saw a game against Winnipeg. They were aggressive. They were coming at them left and right. I'm not seeing a whole lot of this finesse stuff anymore. Because that's what it was. They were kind of playing too cute when it came to their shots and open opportunities, and now they're starting to narrow it down where they need to be more aggressive. You have an opportunity take a shot. I mean, we just said this about Aaron Rodgers. He's not a riskful guy, but sometimes you got to take those riskful shots. You have to. You have an opportunity, and you want to be a very hyper-aggressive team. I mean, you wouldn't see this with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's too hyper aggressive. Colorado, they're hyper aggressive. I mean, we're seeing teams left and right around in this league. You cannot afford to be soft, finesse, and cute, especially with all the shots, because then you're going to get buried. You're going to get you're going to get ran over by a lot of these teams, especially even if you have really good defensive teams. Winnipeg's one of them. I mean, they're playing really good defense and they're held behind Connor Hellebuck, their uh, net minder, and he's just playing out of his mind. But we all saw this with Connor Hellebuck. We knew he was going to be really good. And the Golden Knights right now, they're putting in a lot of their trust in a lot of really good key pieces. And by the way, watching is exactly as how the Golden Knights have been playing. The Phil Kessel signing that they got, they got a veteran who understands what it means to be aggressive at times on offense. So that kind of straightened some things up. Now, they made a bunch of different trades, and they're also bringing up a, a lot of different young faces. But as far as I can see, the Jack Eichel trade is really working out for them beautifully. They re-signed Riley Smith, and he's playing great. I mean, he's one of the very originals. Between him and Marchessault so and Carlson, all these guys are starting to click. And I think right now, Because a lot of people have been talking about, you know, who's the Stanley Cup favorite? I mean, everybody knows that Colorado is just that good. Colorado is just that stacked. But if you had to think of some other teams on the outside looking in, I think the Golden Knights are finally starting to put themselves in the right position. It's early. It's 15 games. But this is the best look that they have. And tonight, they're going to be going on a potential 10-game winning streak. And they'll be tying up with their franchise best since year one. I'm excited to see it. But this is a team. They straightened up and they cleaned up their act. And I'm excited for it. So I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. And I'm not just speaking about this as a homer. But I'm watching a lot of these hockey games. And I just see a lot of teams that they're benefiting from a lot of the offseason moves. Or different trades and you know draft pieces. But the chemistries and how that they're working is really important. And so I'm seeing this, and I'm really impressed with how they've been playing. So, all right. So as we got our remaining 15 minutes left, and we're on the bottom half of the hour, as everybody knows. So for those on television that are watching here, the Snake Sports Talk Show, we do this segment all the time. We're in week 10. Prime predictions. I love this stuff. And listen, I live in Vegas. It bleeds and screams money. And everybody loves to bet. They bet on NFL games. It's the hottest time of the year. I'm really excited about it. And and again, I think I think we got some interesting ones. But after seeing how, you know, the trend and the and the way that you know, the the cards have been shaped up, it's great. And tonight, of course, too, we got UFC 281, two title fights. We got Israel Adesanya Facing off against Peria, Man, it's going to be great. A lot of people are big up on it. And then we have Esparza versus Zang. Um Two really good female fighters going at it. It's two title fights tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You guys do not want to end up uh, missing out on it. On pay-per-view exclusively on ESPN+. So I, I'm going to take my shots on Israel Adesanya. I'll take a bet on it. I think it's going to be great. And we got college football right now that are going to be looking really good. Alabama and Ole Miss, um, Central Florida against Tulane, Clemson and Louisville, and then I think the interesting one will be in, will be Washington against Oregon. I, I mean, two Pacific Northwest teams going at it. I'm all in for it. I think Oregon. I mean, watching Bo Nix and how he's been playing lately. He's been playing out of his mind. And then the really interesting one, Texas against TCU. I don't know if we smell an upset or because it's quite possible. Texas is favored right now, but we'll see what TCU has in the bag. But it's going to be really interesting. We got a lot of interesting games. All right. So with that being said, all odds are provided by uh, Super Draft Pro. Download like a pro on your mobile device through Google Play and the App Store start betting like a pro set your daily fantasy lineups up like a pro share and uh, with your colleagues share with your friends, family, and so many others like a pro with super draft pro when you sign up and let them know Jake, the snake Silva uh, sent you so that that way, then you get exclusive different deals. There's prizes going around different contests. So you don't want to end up missing out on that. So with that being said, prime predictions, here we go let's turn it up it's jake's prime predictions seahawks at buccaneers all right so the seahawks right now they're on a tear and they're going to be playing out this will be the first time that the nfl is in Germany we got the Munich game I'm excited about this but I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks listen they've been a story I cannot figure out um Gino Smith like at all the kid's been playing out of his mind and, and it's a hell of a story you've never heard of this at all before but this kid is just absolutely playing great the offense has been working really well and by the way they aced the draft. This year with five to six different draft picks, Tariq Woolen looks really good. Kenneth Walker, I think is the sleeper for the offensive rookie of the year. I got no explanation of how how in the hell Seattle is doing it this year. I really, really don't. It's just been that good. But Tampa Bay, they got injuries left and right, which is going to be a lot harder for them. And plus two. You're out in Munich, you're out in Germany, you're you know, you're internationally. This will be interesting to watch this game, but I'm gonna go with the Seahawks at plus two and a half. 27-24 is my final score from there. Vikings at Bills. All right, so this kind of gave me a little bit of some concerns, but I'm going to go with the Vikings at plus five and a half. Um, There's been rumors spreading around talking about Josh Allen with as far as the UCL on his elbow, if he's going to be a no-go. If he's not, Case Keenum is going to come in at quarterback and back him up. But here's the other thing, too. I'm taking the points because, first of all, Kirk Cousins we know has a lot of different weapons. But knowing Buffalo, and I've seen this with backup quarterbacks all the time, but when they come out of the gate, they come out completely different. Like there's different juice, there's different energy. I think Buffalo will be just fine, but taking the points from there, I do like the Vikings up in those positions, but I do think Buffalo may end up winning this game and it'll be close. So I'm looking at a five points, 28-23, Buffalo winning this game, but do not deny taking the points with the vikings lions at bears i'm gonna take the chicago bears here in this one now mind you luke getsy has been really really um he's been very strategic but he's been very creative since the bears acquired uh, chase claypool and justin field's is the franchise quarterback, by the way, to remind everybody what he looks like. Justin Fields looks so much better, even if this is not Chicago's year this year. The next two seasons, maybe even next year, Justin Fields is going to look completely different. But finally, the Bears are growing up. They are growing up so good. And I'm excited to see what the Bears are going to look like. But the Lions, here's what's interesting. Jared Goff, when he's not playing at home, Completely shrinks. He's not the same quarterback. And by the way, they're 0 and 11 and 1. Isn't that crazy to think about that with Detroit? That's why I'm like, Chicago, I love their chances. I love exactly what they're going with. So I'm going to take the Bears 27 21 minus 3. This is exciting stuff if you're a Bears fan. Broncos at Titans. I'm going to take the Titans here minus 3. Listen, I've heard a lot of the the rumor spreads. People have been talking about, you know, Russell Wilson didn't even wear a wristband, which honestly, why would you not? I mean, any quarterback in this league would be wearing a wristband, understanding and knowing the plays so that it makes pure communication look so finesse. And I'm taking the Titans here in this one because they lost their pass rusher, Bradley Chubb. Now they do have several other pieces that I think they do like, Um I don't think that this team would be passing a whole lot, but if Derrick Henry gets the train rolling on the ground, that smells trouble for Denver. So I'm going to take the minus three here in this game. Denver's coming off or Tennessee's kind of coming off of that big loss against Kansas city in overtime, but they were playing good. They were playing really good. I was surprised that they even held um, Kansas city to at least 20 points. I'm going to see this to the end. With this game against Denver, 24-20, minus three. I will take the points and go with the Titans. Jaguars at Chiefs. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs here in this game. Listen, Jacksonville, I think, is going to clean their act up a little bit. And it's interesting to say because, again, no team has really scored up more than seven. And it's a a nine-and-a-half bet line. But I like with where the Chiefs are going. They're very creative on their offense. They've got Kadarius Toney now, so they're going to utilize him. I, I've always said this. When newly acquired players, when they come in, the first week's not great, but potentially the second week will be even better because they've spent time in practice where they're learning the playbook. They've spent a lot of time together, you know, understanding the chemistry and gelling. So I think the Kansas City Chiefs um, at home in Arrowhead, they'll be so comfortable Jacksonville, They're cleaned their act up together because, again, Trevor Lawrence hadn't been playing really good football in the last couple of weeks, but I think they'll start to clean it up. I'm going to take Kansas City to win 31-20 to 20, with a 9.5 bed line in Arrowhead. Browns and Dolphins. You know, a lot of people think I'm crazy for taking the Dolphins, but, you know, maybe I am. I'm going to take Miami here at minus 3.5. Listen, the Browns right now, they are... <laughs> It's tough to say this right now with how Miami, with the way that this offense has been clicking and how they've been playing, Tua just looks really, really good. And by the way, here's what's tough. Cleveland has both their pass rushers, Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, on the field now. And now Denzel Ward has not been having the best season this year, but he still has made spurts of where he's a really, really good defensive corner. And nobody can deny that. But I think, honestly, with how this offense has been set, they're going to keep Cleveland on their toes. And I don't think they're going to have enough answers to figure out Miami's offense. Mike McDaniel, he's a really good offensive coach in line for being the offensive coach of the year. You know, I I, I like with how Miami sets in this. Now, the defense, they're going to have to contain with Nick Chubb. So I see this being back and forth. But I'll take the 3.5 on Miami's side, 28-23. Texans at Giants. I'm going to take the Giants here against the Houston Texans. Look, Brian Dable is an absolute home run of a head coach, and the Giants have been playing really, really good offensively and defensively. I've been watching Saquon Barkley now for the last few weeks. This is the healthiest that he's ever played in, and I'm surprised at that. Saquon looking really good, and Daniel Jones just completing it to a lot of his offensive components. This looks really good. Houston's obviously a rebuilding team. We know this for a fact. But uh, but again, I do like that one kid, Damian Pierce, um, the rookie out of Florida. I love with how he's been running the football. Now, if they get going, Houston might be in a, in a potential position where they might actually grind it out against the Giants. But I'm going to take the six and a half. Giants will win this game 28 to 20 against the Texans. Saints. It's Steelers. Now I'm going to take the underdog Steelers here in this one against New Orleans. First of all, Michael Thomas out for the season again. I don't. I don't like this scenario with with the Saints at all. And plus, they're without Jarvis Landry, so that means all of the pressure is going to be on Chris Olave, the rookie wide receiver. But he's been playing really good. But the problem is the quarterback position has not been great for New Orleans. And here's the best part: T.J. Watt is coming back for Pittsburgh. So they're gonna have their defensive pass rush back. And Kenny Pickett, he called out his um his offensive coordinator and said, we need to clean our act up. We need to be better than this. So I think the Steelers will be better. And I think they're definitely gonna end up covering the points. Give me the two and a half, 23 to 20. Pittsburgh gets out of this funk that they're in and win at home in Heinz Field. Colts said Raiders I'm gonna take my chances and go with the Raiders here at home against the Indianapolis Colts first of all it's a circus show in Indianapolis we already know this Jeff Saturday is now the interim head coach I don't know with how this is gonna really pan out but Josh McDaniels is in the hot seat here he cannot afford to lose with a mess in Indianapolis like this this spells trouble for, you know, for what the Raiders are going to be going through. And by the way, Devontae Adams called out Derek Carr. Carr's not responding to it in public, but you know there's a lot of pressure at the quarterback position right now for the Raiders. So I think they're going to clean their act up together and get this offense going. Now, they are without Hunter Renfro and they are without uh, Darren Waller. So this is kind of a hit for the Raiders, but they got to take advantage of the opportunity that they got with this mess in Indianapolis. I'm going to take the minus 6, 27-21 against the Colts. Cowboys at Packers. I'm going to take the Cowboys here at minus 5. First of all, Aaron Rodgers, he has no idea what is coming to him against uh, Micah Parsons, who's just an absolute home run hit for the Cowboys. And by the way, Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy, first time back in Lambeau that's going to be interesting so I do feel that the Cowboys they're going to bum rush out of this offense who is just brittle they're not working right and you know Aaron Rodgers he's going to have to rethink exactly all of what has been happening with Green Bay struggles and same with Matt LaFleur so I'm going to go with a 27 21 or 27 20 upset in Lambeau with the Cowboys cardinals at rams i'm going to take the arizona cardinals here in this game now mind you i don't think they're going to end up winning it but my gut feeling is the cardinals they're going to cover the points i think the rams right now they've had a better record against flip kingsbury and this offense so honestly things have been struggling with arizona with the rams they're going to come out of the woodwork they're going to be looking really really good i'm going to take them to win and but take the points with arizona 24 to 21 Rams winning this game and Arizona covers it with plus three Chargers at 49ers you know a lot of people think that the 49ers are just going to easily bum rush the Chargers you guys are dead wrong I'm going to take the plus seven of the Chargers listen a lot of these games have been close to just one score that's it nobody's expecting that but here's the thing You're not dealing with any other quarterback. You're dealing with Justin Herbert, who knows how to distribute the football, who knows exactly how to get the ball downfield. And by the way, San Francisco's defense, they've taken little bits of hits. But I think, honestly, with how things have been kind of rallying around, here's the good news for the Chargers. They're going to possibly get some players back. By the time that they come into Kansas City, that's the most important game. And they got back-to-back Sunday night games, right? What a blessing that that is for the Chargers to get that. But I'm going to take the plus seven. I don't know if the Chargers are going to be able to win, but I do know that they're going to be willing to fight against San Francisco in the Bay Area, 28-21, plus seven for the Chargers commanders at eagles i'm gonna take the washington i'm gonna take the philadelphia eagles at minus 11 against washington first of all taylor heineke has been a really really good story with the washington commanders after they had you know put carson wentz in the eye in the ir but philadelphia just looks like a completely different team they're tough they're strong and they are handling everything right so to me I like where things are going with, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles. I've got no doubt about that. 11 points. It's a risky take, but I'm willing to take it. Philadelphia wins this game 33 to 20 against the Commanders. Who these prime predictions have just been red hot. I know that we kind of were close up on time, but um still, I really do like all these picks from here. As I'll read them off, I'm going with um a lot of underdogs this week underdog Seattle Minnesota um the Steelers, Cardinals, Chargers. I mean those are some really good underdogs and then the rest of them I think are going to be confident favorites. I mean the Bears, the the Titans, Kansas City, Miami's going to be a really interesting one against the Browns and then you got the Giants, uh the Raiders. I'm hoping the Raiders do not end up, you know, embarrassing themselves. I think that's, you know, it's going to be really, really interesting. But then again, you got Philadelphia at the end. And then I think the Cowboys are just going to be mopping Aaron Rodgers left and right. That's just my personal opinion with it. But it'll be interesting to see throughout the rest of the night. So that's going to do it for me here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. We'll be back up and live tomorrow at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You don't want to end up missing that as we'll be live on all platforms like subscribe and follow and hit the bell button for all latest notifications, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and of course on the Fox D network. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Get yourselves a fresh cup of coffee and tune in here on the next episode of the snake sports talk show. You guys do not want to end up missing that, but I appreciate all of you guys for being on here with me this morning. Take care of yourselves. Have a great Saturday, and we'll see you first thing in the morning, Sunday morning.